You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Here in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1, gave a little bit of an introduction to 2 Thessalonians 1 last week, and we'll begin reading in chapter 1, verse number 1, and we're going to be talking about being faithful through trials. Hey, do you ever go through any tough times? Uh, hard times, difficulties, well, we all do. Some are harder than others, and mine are always harder than yours, right? That's the way, that's the way we seem to feel about it a lot of times. But uh, in all honesty, we all do go through things, and Jesus promised that we would. He said that, uh, that there's uh, many, many trials, but he said that he gives peace. Uh, peace I leave with you. And so, but in uh, 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 1, the Bible says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. And the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations which ye endure. And I know there's a colon that follows that word endure, but for the sake of time, we're going to pause and just deal uh, try to deal with these first four verses tonight. I want to remind you just a couple things about Thessalonica, where, is, where this place is. Does anybody know where Thessal- Thessalonica is? Um, the, the modern city is uh, often called uh, Salonica or Thessaloniki. So it's very similar. Any guesses where it's at? Greece. That's right. It's in Greece, uh, still there to this day. It was founded by a man by the name of Cassander. Cassander was one of Alexander the Great's four generals, and if you know the story there, how he divided that kingdom up between his four generals, and Cassander named the city after his wife. His wife's name was Thessalonike. Ain't that nice? And so he named the city after his wife. The modern city is the second largest city in Greece, and the first century Thessalonica was the capital of all of Macedonia and was a thriving commercial center with a population of 200,000 people. Now Paul, along with uh, Silvanus, otherwise known as Silas, and Timotheus, had helped find, uh, they founded the church on their second missionary journey. And then he wrote them back 1 Thessalonians. And remember, why did, Paul in the, why did Paul have to leave Thessalonica? Anybody remember Paul and Timothy and Silas? Yeah, basically, absolutely. They were, they were being persecuted. And so that, that's an important key. So they started this church. Uh, they went to the Jews first, and it, uh, apparently most of the church is made up more of Gentiles. They would traditionally go to the synagogues first, and then they would reach out to the uh, others around. And uh, so they stayed there for quite some time. But yeah, persecution drove Paul and his team away, but the church continued to go. The co- church continued to grow, and that's evidenced by 1 Thessalonians. Uh, so, but now, so after 1 Thessalonians, though, the best we can tell, only a couple of months pass before he writes 2 Thessalonians. Because now if you, 1 Thessalonians had a little bit more of an upbeat and positive message. But something happened. 
somehow unsettling theological tremors begin to cause cracks to form in the otherwise strong doctrinal and practical foundation of their new, newly built church. And of course, we're talking about the people. When Paul and Silas got word of the trouble, that's when they decided we need to reach out to them again. And so Paul focused his attention on clearing up uh, a doctrinal issue related to the end times but the first part of the letter, he's trying to affirm them in their afflictions, trying to encourage them in their persecutions. So obviously there's a lot that we can draw from that. Um, do you remember last week we were talking about First and, Th first and Second Thessalonians both. What is the emphasis besides some of the things I just mentioned there? What are, uh, what are some of the emphasis as far as the New Testament is concerned with First and Second Thessalonians? Yes, the end times. Sometimes I ask questions and I know what I'm asking. I'm just like, man, I could ask this a lot better. But basically, yeah, these are considered the, esch <laughs> the, the, the epistles of the end times that the Apostle Paul wrote. Uh, much of what is written, a large percentage of what was written in both of these letters deal with the end times. And so we're going to be talking about the last days. But it's always encouraging to me because as he deals with the last days, he also continues to give these practical admonitions. Because folks, we do not know exactly when the Lord is coming. We know He's coming. And the Bible never says that the second coming of Christ, the rapture of the church is immediate. But it does say that it's imminent. Uh, that it could happen at any moment. But we don't know when it might happen. We just have to be prepared. But one of the ways we're prepared is that we just keep on doing what God told us to do in the first place. You know, just like the, the, the disciples when Jesus was ascending into heaven. And they said, okay, Lord, so are you, are you restoring the kingdom now? And he's like, you know, of the times and the seasons, you have no need to know. He said, but basically, continue to do what I told you to do. Just be faithful until I come. And that's what we all of us are charged to be faithful until he comes. So the, the problem with the Thessalonian believers, if you'll remember, apparently Paul, we'll, we'll read this a little bit later, but Paul refers to, he says, don't be troubled even if it seems to be a letter that came from us. because And, and that's where people assume that somebody perhaps forged a letter in his name saying, hey, forget all about that, Jesus coming before the tribulation business, uh, you're in it. The best explanation for the trials and the persecutions you're going through is that you're going through the tribulation right now. The day of the Lord is at hand, and you are now going through it. And it just amazes me that to this day, there's still a lot of confusion, a lot of fear, uh, a lot of misunderstanding surrounding the coming of the Lord, the second coming of Christ. And so as we deal with the book of 2 Thessalonians, we will be addressing some of those things as well. So in response uh, to these needs, this is why Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this letter. But it's cool to me that if you read these first verses, you wouldn't even think these were people that were being persecuted. By the way, i got to add something else that's kind of cool about this. Just, just the little details that you pick up along the way. Oftentimes, when you, are, when, when you read the Bible, when Paul's given his introduction, he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, a, a bondservant, and a, he's kind of given his credentials. But it's interesting here, he doesn't do that. He just say, hey guys, it's Paul. It's very informal because he is banking on the relationship he has with these people that he doesn't need to pull rank, so to speak. He's just said, hey guys, it's Paul. 
And i got something to talk to you about. And he's just confident in the fact that them receiving these words. Now notice here, the emphasis here. Uh, a couple of things I want to mention right before we get down into verse 3 about his encouragement for them. Number one, it's interesting, even just the little terminology where he says, unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That little word in can be an awfully big word. It's a very big word in the book of Ephesians. I would encourage you to, to study the book of Ephesians and note, note how often the word in is used. Small word, but it has big implications. The church of God in, or the church in our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So what that does is it emphasizes the eternal life of the believers and with the Lord uh, of that we have with the Father and our faith and and it's a good reminder of the Father's care for a church undergoing severe persecution. So again, remember, these people are panicked. These people are fretful. These people are being persecuted. These people are going through a terrible time. They get this letter from Paul, and the very first thing they see is, Hey guys, it's Paul, and I want to remind you that you're in God the Father. Because what that ought to remind them of is, wait, the Father, our Father. He's the one that's in control. Our church is going through some stuff right now here in Thessalonica, but he's trying to put them in mind of the Father. So, and out of this living and loving relationship with the Father, that flows his next statement there in verse 2, where he says, Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So these two wonderful words sum up the gospel, do they not? Grace and peace. Grace is God's unmerited favor to the sinner, and peace is the result of that favor. So now after greeting his friends, he launches into a statement of praise to God for what the Lord has done in their life. Notice this. We are bound in verse 3 to give thank to God always for you. So he begins to thank the Lord for them. He begins to thank the Lord even for what they're going through. Paul is following his own admonition that he gave to them in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Anybody remember 1 Thessalonians 5.18? Or can you go back and quote it? Oh yeah, there it is. All right. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So he is, he is living it for, he's being an example, um, and he's doing just exactly what he told them to do. Hey, I thank the Lord for you. And again, we, we preached about that already, but it can, again, it comes back to tonight in everything, give thanks. I'm going to get ahead of myself, which I often do and whatever, but uh, I, I, would, I would strongly encourage you if, you, if you had the opportunity to go back, you can find it on YouTube and you can probably find it on uh, In Touch with Charles Stanley, but if you were to go back and watch the testimony of Charles Stanley's life, if you're not familiar, Charles Stanley is a... Uh, uh, a man that's preached the gospel for many years. He just passed away this uh, last week, went on to, to be with the Lord. But uh, I, one of the things I didn't realize about Charles Stanley, it was just uh, a touching uh, part, was that he became the pastor of First Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. And it was about a church of about 3,000 people. And, but when he took over, there was a lot of people that didn't want him to become the pastor. And they didn't want to follow his leadership. And so there was a group of about seven deacons that just began to fight him for all it was worth, all he was worth, uh, trying to fight what God was doing there with the church and fighting his leadership. But and, and 
it, it just was an awful, awful time. There's a lot of things that went on, uh, you know, uh, among those things. You know, the church went from 3,000 to 300, which, you know, 300 were thinking, oh, that's okay, but if you had 3,000 before, then you go to 300. Well, that's quite a drop. Uh, but that happened, with Char- that happened to Charles Stanley. But, 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 no, but that's not the only thing that happened. One of the things that happened that stood out to me that I never heard until last week was that during the midst of that, one of those deacons came up and uh, began to cuss Charles Stanley in, in a business meeting, come up on the platform again to cuss him. And when Charles Stanley put his hand, hand on his shoulder and said, Sir, uh, you just need to sit down. We're not going to you know, be talking like, we're, we're not going to be using that language here. That's not really a place for that. And the man just hauled off and punched Charles Stanley right in the middle of a business meeting. Can you imagine that? Awful thing. Uh, one of the cool things I can remember through the testimony of all that is that Charles Stanley, he, he was talking about another time that like right in the middle of a service, one of the men got up and was basically trying to take over the church. Um, in the middle of the service and was trying to bring accusations and all this kind of stuff. And he said there was about three or four college kids that were right in the middle of the church that just stood up and started singing, stand up, stand up for Jesus. And, uh, and everybody just joined in and sang and just drowned out this dude that was trying to start trouble in the church. But the thing that stuck out to me about the story was the thing Charles Stanley said, it, before this was even before he got punched, but... He said that the Lord just revealed to him and spoke to his heart and reminded him of something. He said, Charles, just remember, everything that you're going to face comes for, is going to be coming from me. Everything you're going to face is going to be coming from me. Now, how can you reconcile such a statement? That's a powerful statement. It, it, I mean, I got chills. I teared up listening to it. But how can you reconcile such a statement? Can you reconcile such a statement? How? Did God want that man to get up and punch Charles Stanley? No, he did did not want him to, but he allowed it. Okay, so that's kind of the key right there. With Job, God did not come and give Job boils. God did not come and cause the death of his children. God did not come and do any of that. I'll tell you one thing God did do. He allowed it. You say, well, why would God do that? Because He knows the way that I take. His way is wiser than our way. His ways are higher than our ways, and, and He's wiser than us. So Charles Stanley just took it that way. Is the devil doing this? Well, yeah, but, but the Lord allowed it. So Charles Stanley, his approach and the way he made it through that difficult time was by just saying, okay, Lord, everything that's happening is coming from you. Now, I understand, I'm not, I'm not preaching that tonight, right? I'm just telling you something that I was encouraged by what Charles Stanley said. But I will say that it's true that nothing can happen without God allowing it. Now, that being said, I do want you, you know, I do think about the fact of, the fact that people have a free will. That's one of the things that God gave to people that is what wreaks so much havoc on the world. But it is important to know that God is not the one doing many of these things that happen to people or that happen in your life. But if God gave somebody free will and allowed it, here's just the point that I'm trying to make. If, if that bothers you, the, if, I can, if I can try to encourage you with this, all I'm trying to communicate by telling you this is that God is bigger and God is better and God is not surprised. So God did not, God, God, you didn't go what you went through and then God said, oh my goodness, what now? No, God said, oh, this is going to be awful. This is going to be terrible. And God's heart breaks with you. 
But he says, but, but I've got something for it. I've got something where I'm going to help. I've got something better I'm going to do. It's just what we preach Sunday. You know, I mean, from, from the very beginning to the very end, Satan keeps trying to start and, and, and defeat God's people. He, he tries to defeat God. But what happens? I mean, Satan, it seemed, was able to have his... The Bible says that Satan filled Judas's heart. But wait, I thought that Jesus... I thought God gave his son. Well, which is it? Was he betrayed or was he given? Well, both. Both, right? You see? And so Satan gets to seem like he's doing something and he does something awful, but God is able to bring something even greater out of it. The tough thing is, you might be sitting there today and say, you mean God can bring something greater and great out of what I've gone through or what I'm going through? And the answer to that question is absolutely yes. Yes, because your problem, your person that's causing your problems is not bigger than your God, is not more powerful than your God, unless you make them that way. Now, in that sense, they're still not more powerful because they can't, you know, the Bible says, fear, fear not them which can kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. I mean, there's things that God, God's all powerful. But it's the same principle in my mind as, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Well, how do you magnify the Lord? I mean, he fills all heaven and earth. I mean, he can measure out the ocean in the palm of his hands, right? I mean, he, he, he measures out the heavens in a span. He's just like, yep, it's this big. Uh, that's how big. So, but what I mean by you making them more powerful is that you've got the choice on what you're going to do in your life. Are you going to let them be more powerful in your life? Or are you going to let God be more powerful? Are you going to let God be more pow powerful in your life? Or are you going to let your problems be more powerful in your life? Does that make sense? Um, so here, these people are going through a very, very difficult time. And I want to try to notice a few things here that, that he does. Number one... Paul was somebody who literally learned to praise God and give thanks during difficult times. It's not hard to praise God when things are good, is it? But it can, when things are tough, that's when it's hard to praise the Lord. But we praise Him anyway. And honestly, we know that prayer changes things and prayer changes people. Man, I'm telling you, praise will change you. Thanksgiving will change you. If we learn to magnify the Lord over magnifying, again, the other things that we magnify, man, I mean, it, it's, it's the most basic principle ever, but it's just simple life principles that can make the most profound impact on your life. Glorify the Lord. Praise the Lord. I mean, uh, just giving glory to God even in the midst of these things because what happens, I'm telling you, there's, and by the way, can I say this? What else are you going to do? You're going through a tough time. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? You're in persecution. You're in troubles. You're in trials. What are you going to do about it? What, what do we do? What, what else do we do? What, what, what do we do in, when we're having a tough time? Being persecuted. That, you know, I don't know how many of us have been persecuted. Like these are people being persecuted. But we're going through a tough time. What do we do? I heard you say, what did you say? Yes, cry and shout like normal people, is that what you said? Cry in the shower like normal people, yes. Uh, doubled over on the floor, right? Uh, yeah, we, I mean, yeah, and, and the point is, 
we're going to complain, we're going to gripe, we're going to bellyache again like normal people. It's natural. I was talking to God this week, and I was praying to God about something that I was dealing with, and, just, and I was just praying and working through what I was going through, and, you know, and then I just thought to myself, you know, this is just natural. But Lord, I don't want to live natural. I want to live supernatural. And so Lord, I need your help right now. But here's, here's my next question. To what end? To what end? Because I know people get bent out of shape with me when I tell them, hey, you need to praise the Lord through your trials and thank God even though things are difficult. Well, it's easy for you to say, preacher. Is it? Really? I mean, it's easy for me to say. Um, but what are you going to do about it? Well, I'm going to keep on... To what end? How's it working? Well, things are just so much better when I'm just crying in the shower. Hey, sometimes you might just need to cry in the shower. I'm going <laughs> to... Right? That's okay sometimes. It really is. But what I'm saying is, I might as well just praise God. You know, I, I, I can think of times in my life where literally, I mean, here I am, and I'm looking at the situation I'm in, and I'm like, uh, at this moment, I can't do anything to change this. What am I going to do? You know what? I think I'm just going to thank the Lord. I think I'm just going to praise God that I'm on my way to heaven. I think I'm going to praise Him. My goodness gracious. I think I'm going to praise Him because my sins are forgiven. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> right? Uh, come on, man. You're saved. Jesus loves you. He died for you. I mean, He's got His hand on your life. So, so to what? He, so well, I'm going to complain about it. And, and, and I, listen, the Bible says we need to bear one another's burdens. We need to share one another's burdens. I get that. But at the same time, may God help us each to get to a place where we're able to give thanks also. And we can through the help of the Holy Spirit of God. Because again, I asked the question to what end? Because I'm just trying to appeal to you on a logical plane to say, why not just praise God instead? Why not? Just praise the Lord. I mean, honestly. You know the Bible talks about shouting a lot? And I know that makes some people uncomfortable. But get somewhere by yourself and just let her rip. Shout. Praise the Lord. Amen. But, and, and, I, and I know some people, man, that, that this right here makes people nervous sometimes, you know. Are you under arrest or what, you know? Uh, no, I mean, just, just praise the Lord. Lifting up holy hands, the Bible says. Well, I'm not real comfortable. Well, you know what? I mean, practice when you're not here, amen? Do it somewhere else. And learn in your, some of your more difficult times, just praise the Lord. I, so, he's, so he's thinking. You think about Job. And, by, and I want to tell you, you talk about weapons. One of the greatest weapons that we have is praise and prayer. But Job, you know, in spite of his pain, Job was able to say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm glad, by the way, I'm glad that James, that the Holy Spirit of God through James, points us to Job as an example of patience. Biblical patience. Biblical patience, folks, is perseverance. Biblical patience does not speak of just passivity. It speaks of endurance is what it's talking about, okay? But it says you remember the patience of Job. I probably won't get over there. I was wanting to get over there tonight, but I'll just jump ahead real quick. I'm glad God said that because Job did say, The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
But then Job also said after that, he was crying in the shower, and he said, he said, I cursed the day that I was born. There's never been a worse day than the day that somebody told my mama, hey, it's a boy. He said, that's the darkest day of history right there. But then he turns around and he says, but I know my Redeemer lives. <laughs> and that he shall stand in the latter day upon the earth. Amen. And so I'm glad God chose Job because we, it is, it's not easy. But the point is, is that we can be thankful. And so Paul thanks them because this is one of the cool things. Many of the things he begins to thank, them, thank God for is things that he prayed for them already. And here's where he tried to encourage them. Do you know, let me tell, add this also. I know it, we don't always want to be encouraged, do we, when we're struggling? Right? And some of you are worse than others. Right? It, it's, you try to encourage somebody, and that's one of the reasons. I'm telling you, I'm really hesitant on the way I, and I'm an encourager, you know me, but I'm really hesitant on the way I try to encourage people sometimes. You know? Because somebody just comes and vents to me, tells me how awful things are. Well, brother, you know, all things work together for good to them that love God. I don't do that. Never do it. Never do it. That's not my follow-up when somebody tells me how bad it is. My follow-up is normally, man, I'm sorry. That stinks. My wife helped teach me that, by the way. Because, I mean, and, and this, 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 is, this is a husband and wife thing, but it can also be a, a brother and sister in Christ thing that we do. But uh, it was just a thing of, uh, you know... Just the old classic thing of guys, you know, that, that if I went up to Derek today and said, Hey, Derek, man, my truck's making this funny sound and blah, blah, blah. And, and I just started telling him about my problem. Derek would say, Okay, I get you. Have you tried this? And maybe if you did this, let's give it a look. And I'm like, Yeah, cool, man. Right? Because the idea is I'm, I'm, he's wanting to fix something. I'm wanting to fix something. But that oftentimes when my wife comes to me or your wife comes to you perhaps and she's saying, Hey, and she starts pouring out her heart to you. It, sometimes it's not, oh, well, hey, let me help you out here. I know what you need to do. It's like the man. Heard, heard the, the truth, I heard the, the true story uh, of, of the man who uh, his wife was at home with, uh, you know, several little kids, uh, at least one in diapers, and just overwhelmed all throughout the day. Husband works long hours. Husband gets home, and, uh, and Danny uh, just... Uh, the wife pours out all the struggles and troubles that she's having and then he, uh, he, he writes her a little note. The next morning she finds a little note. Just I, I hope you write notes to Stephanie. I hope I write them to Melanie. I don't believe I do. But, um, but he wrote a little nice note to his wife and, and she was so, oh, how sweet. You know, so she opens up the letter and he said, and, and the first thing it said was, Okay, honey, I th thanks for sharing with me all that you were having. Here's something that will help you. Try to get up about 640, and at 645 is probably when you should go ahead and start this with the kids. And no lie, and he had a list of how her day could be better. Love, Danny. It wasn't Danny. Uh, but can you imagine that? But here's what I say to that. That's husbands and wives. Well, let me tell you something. Sometimes we as Christians can be about the same way. Somebody's telling us they're going through a tough time. Hey, sometimes you just need to listen and care about them uh, and, and be willing to kind of bear their burden during that time. But what Paul, what Paul is saying to these, this church, he says, hey, I see you growing through this. I see God working in your life through this. 
And I can see that too. And it's a blessing. You see people going through hard times, but it's amazing because it's like, man, I see God doing something in your life. My, you know, you talk about, talk about Charles Stanley getting punched by a deacon. Michael got pretty close to getting hit by a deacon. Michael Moose, our Michael. Uh, big bully deacon that he had there. He got to that church. I mean, and, and, and anyway, this dude was just trouble. It was, it was bad, bad news. And this was within months of him being there. I mean, just fighting him on every hand. And, but, but one of the things I said to Michael, not immediately, but after talk and prayer and all that, but I told Michael, in all reality, I said, Michael, I said, man, you're way ahead of schedule here. <laughs> Seriously, I said, I, I know that it stinks that within months of you being here, you've got this dude fighting you for everything he's worth. But I said, I said, the good news is, is you're ahead of schedule, man. Because you stand through this, and man, you got blessings coming. And by the way, I don't know if you looked lately. Amen. That dude thankfully hit the trail. He tried to run Michael off. He probably thought he could. He thought he could bully Michael off. Either bully him into submission or bully him into running off. But uh, man, you, can't, you, you, you just can't, you can't discount somebody with the call of God in their lives. Amen? Uh, he thought he'd be able to push Michael around, but he couldn't because he's God's man. And... Anyway, he was ahead of schedule. So it was like a thing. That's what Paul's saying. He's like, you don't see it, but I see growth in you. And look at these few things that he thanked God for particularly. Number one, he said, your faith is growing. He said, we're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. Man, your faith is growing like crazy. You know, that as believers, we've got to expect trials. We really do. We've got to expect them. Because they're coming. God promised that they would. But you know, faith is, will grow through our trials, or it can. Faith is like a muscle, and it must be exercised to grow stronger. Tribulation and persecution are God's tools to strengthen our faith. <laughs> uh, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Dory, but I think a lot of these same principles are a part of what's a part of the women's Bible study, which uh, I heard was a great success that started this past Saturday. But, but just notice these verses with me. I'll give you to them quickly. You'll hear me say them from time to time. They are familiar to some of you. 2 Corinthians 4.16 For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look, not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He says these afflictions that are just for a moment are working for us. You've heard me talk about that before. While we look, not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. And I begin, that was one of my prayers early this week about being, Lord, I know this is natural, but I want, to be super, I want to live supernaturally. And I said, Lord, it's natural for me to see things this way, but God, it's supernatural to see them another way. But it's going to have to start. Jesus said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. hear. He that hath eyes to see, let him see. It starts with our hearing. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What are you listening to? It's obvious because of the way you're acting and the way that I act. It's obvious what you are listening to because I've said it a hundred times, but it's worth saying a hundred more times that what you think affects how you feel, how you feel affects what you do, all right? But what you think is affected by what you're hearing. 
So what are you listening to? What, what are those voices that you listen to? Anybody know what I'm talking about those voices? Well, y'all got them. Well, I'm talking about those, that voice of doubt, that voice of fear, that doubt of how big that person is and how big that problem is and about how all that stuff, how sorry and low down you are, how done you are, how, how finished you are, how all, all these things, these voices that lead to fear. Uh, what's the Bible say? Uh, that, the, that, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but He's given us a, a spirit of, of love and of power and of a sound mind. So what spirit are you filled with? Of love and of power and of a sound mind? Because that's the spirit we can have. But it, it starts with listening to the right voices. Because we hear, and when we hear, then we see. Uh, so then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. All the people of Hebrews 11 are people who suffered a bunch of trials. But not only did he thank God that their faith was growing, he thanked God that their love was abounding. Uh, also in verse 3, he says, And the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. That's cool. You know, one of the things that was said in the ancient world about Christians was, Behold how they love one another. Christians in the first few centuries, and most other centuries for that matter, were persecuted, were, went through great many trials, but they loved one another. And that's what the pagan world said about the Christian fellowship. So not only was it loving one another because the Lord says so, but it's cool that their own suffering did not prevent them from sharing their love with others who were suffering. That's the challenge, isn't it? Uh, because how self-centered can we get when we're hurting? Again, it's natural. It's natural. But what these believers were doing, they were helping, they were still loving one another. They were saying, oh my gosh, I'm going through a tough time. What about Chad? I bet Chad's going through a tough time. How are you, brother? What can I do to help you, you know? But if we're not careful, we do the other thing. But God can help us, folks, to, that our love abounds. And then lastly, that their perseverance, their patience was increasing. Look at verse 4. So that we ourselves glory in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. The Bible says in Romans 5, verse 4, And patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. He used the term persecutions. That means attacks from without. He uses the word trials or tribulations, which means pressures or afflictions. And then he uses the word trouble, which means to be pressed into a narrow place. So no matter how you look at it, these Christians were not having an easy time. God never wastes suffering. He don't waste suffering. He's trying to use suffering in your life and in mine. Again, trials work for us, not against this. Us. My brethren. How about this one? This is tough preaching right here. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That's trials, testings, knowing this. Where, how do you get to knowing this? Well, you got to hear it first. got to believe it, amen. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, which again, perseverance, 
But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. In other words, as we yield to Jesus Christ, we mature. As we yield to even our troubles and say, Okay, Lord, thy will be done. We're fighting, but again, to what end? To what end? What are we accomplishing? You know, I heard this, uh, I, I heard a preacher, he was talking about when he had, did lifeguard training many years ago. I, I, I know I asked Natalie this, I think, last year. Natalie did lifeguard training as well. She's a lifeguard, and she wants to guard your life if you're ever uh, in the situation. But uh, as, a, as a lifeguard, uh, that he, he was trained that when you when you're, are trying to save somebody that is drowning, that... If they're out there fighting and carrying on, you, 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 you leave them alone. Why? Because not only are, if, they get, if you get a hold of that person, they get a hold of you, you both may drown. So you're taught, let them get done with all that. Let them quit. Wait for them to give up, then they'll be good and ready for rescue. You know what? There are some of us that need to learn to yield to our trials. Yield in our trials. Quit fighting. And just said, okay, Lord, I need you to rescue me. I'm, try I'm, I'm, I'm done trying my way. Lord, I just need you to save me. I just need you to save me. The testimony of these Christians was touching others. He said, so that ourselves glory for you in the churches. In other words, the things that you go through will be a help to somebody else who comforteth us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort, be a comfort to them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. Powerful verses there. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Uh, you know, the word tribulation, that comes from an old Latin word, uh, from a tribulum. A tribulum was a, a, a device, it was like a big piece of timber uh, that they would have, uh, it would have st sharp spikes and different things all over it, and they would run that tribulum over grain. Now, why would you run that over grain for? Well, to break loose the chaff and the stuff that you don't need, and then so that you get the wheat. You just get the good stuff is what's left. After that tribulum, that tri after it goes through the tribulation. Because that's what God's doing with us. He's trying to get the chaff thrown away. He's trying to separate the chaff, and He's trying to get us to be able to grow and get to a place of peace and uh, love. And, you know, it's, I've, I've mentioned many times that the trying of your faith, the Bible says in James 1, the trying of your faith being much more precious than gold. And, you know, I've given that example before, but I'll give it again. I love the example of the silversmith that, that, that is trying that silver and puts that silver through the fire. And as that silver goes through the fire, of course, the heat brings the dross out, the, the impurities, and they generally come up to the top. And when they come to the top, that silversmith would just skim that dross and, and, and the junk and the gunk that had been way deep down in that silver would do it again. And it was said that that, silver, that ancient silversmith would look over into the silver. And if he couldn't see his reflection clearly, he would heat it again. He would heat it again because that told him that there must be a lot more in there than what is on the surface. 
So he'd put it through the fire again. He'd heat it, he'd heat it that much more. What would happen? Sure enough, more draws comes out, more junk comes out. And then finally, that silversmith looks over and he sees his reflection in that silver. And what Jesus wants to do is he wants to be able to look over into us and see his reflection in our lives. But in order to do that, sometimes he has to get way deep down in there. Have you ever had trials bring out something in you that you are like, where did that come from? I've been there. I've had awful thoughts. Awful things. I'm thinking, where? What in the world? And it's like God was saying, yep, I had to burn it. I had to get it pretty hot to get that one out, but I got it out. There's that bad attitude. There's that bitterness, whatever it may be. But the, the Bible says the trying of your faith is precious to God. It's precious to God. And I know that's hard to grasp, but I'm telling you today, that's what God's trying to do. Now, he closed this out, and, I, and I'm just telling you this for just a preview for next week. He closed this out. And Sonia, maybe you'd come play something softly on the piano. We'll just give you an opportunity to pray before we go. But in the la- that verse 4, he says this. He, he talks about their faith. And, but the thing, he, the thing he didn't mention, oh, uh, sorry, I didn't want to go back to my notes here. He talks about their faith. He talks about their love. In 1 Thessalonians chapter, in, in the 1 Thessalonians, he says, man, for your faith, your hope, and your love. To start off 2 Thessalonians, he, say, or he says, yeah, man, your faith and your love is great. But he said, we're going to talk about your hope. Because they were mixed up on the blessed hope. They were getting confused about the hope of their calling and, and the situation they were in. But let's all stand. I don't know what your need may be tonight. But let me tell you something. I can say by personal experience, this altar is a nice place to get some help. It's a nice place to humble ourselves and say, Lord, you know, I'm not really too worried about what people think about me tonight. I I just want to pray. I started off almost asking a rhetorical question. Anybody ever going through something? Going through something now? What kind of voices are you listening to? I want to encourage you today to listen to the voice of the Lord. Would you join these that are already coming? There's a voice saying stay. There's a voice telling you to go. Listen to the one that wants to help you. Amen. Heavenly Father, we bow together in your presence tonight.
I just had something come to mind. I'll mention, and then we, we I'll dismiss you. But uh, thank you, Sonia, so much. And but you can look this way. And I, I can remember years ago. I can remember being in a meeting. I was preaching this meeting. It was me and another preacher. We were preaching in this service together. And uh, I think I'd preached first, and he was preaching the next message. And I was just a younger preacher back then. I'm still a young preacher, but I was even younger than I am now. And I remember him preaching just a whole message about basically. You are going to have to go through tough times and trials and tribulations and all this stuff if, you know, it's just the way it is. And, you know, he was looking at Philippians 3 and Paul talking about all he went through and uh, that, that I may know him. Amen? That I may know him and the power of the, the, the fellowship of his sufferings. We've got to get the right perspective on our suffering. The fellowship of his sufferings. Jesus, the Bible says they're the, 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 the trials of Christ that we're facing, okay? The fellowship of his sufferings. And I can remember literally praying there, don't I? I can remember just praying, Lord, and being sincere as I could be. Lord, if there's any way that you can use me and let me just kind of take the bypass. and I'd, I'd rather skip around those trials just as sincere as I could be, Mark. God, just please let me do that. But you want to know something? I want to thank God that he didn't answer that prayer. And I want to thank God that he's, he's letting me learn as I go. Amen. All righty. Well, God bless you. You have a wonderful evening. Thank you.